What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 65 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by Noise at Cali UK and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. I am your host, Sashi Boy, Chris Pierre. I'm joined by my very good friend and Mr. Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis. Mate, it's a good episode, isn't it? I was about to say, I don't usually like to suck my own dick, but... Um... <laughs> this episode's wicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a, what a treat the listeners have um, for the for the next sort of 30 to 35 minutes. And also, what a wonderful, wonderful thing it was for us to be able to do today. As you can see by the title of this episode, me and Sam interviewed Loz Taylor uh, from While She Sleeps. Uh, Sam, he was a really great guy, wasn't he? Even like off mic, he was a really, really brilliant person to interview. Really proud of that one. Absolutely. And considering by the sense of it, he'd been doing media stuff all day, interacting with loads of different publications and people. And it was near the end of the day. We were the last people he was speaking to during that particular um, that particular section of his, his media availability. And he was still utterly professional, really nice, really passionate, really interested, interesting, engaging. He never he never let a question go. Like he was he was passionate and engaged, and he was uh, the ideal interview. And and it was it was a pleasure to have him. We're not going to keep you waiting particularly long. I'm going to run through our usual housekeeping stuff and then we're going to cut straight to the interview. Uh, we are, I say fortnightly, Sam, but at the minute we're weekly. <laughs> we're, we are some format of time of a music podcast discussing <laughs> rock and metal. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at Noise Podcast. Please follow us there. The best way of supporting us is to subscribe slash follow, depending on whichever podcast service you are using. If that's YouTube, please drop us a subscription. If it's anywhere else, please drop us a like and a follow. Um, we are going to drop straight into this interview uh, with Loz. Uh, really, really great experience. You know how much me and Sam love while she sleeps. So this was a great moment for us. We are going to be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. We may even be back before then discussing a particularly large album coming out at the end of April. Now, that review hasn't actually happened yet. So you know me, I don't like to talk about things that haven't actually happened just in case the world ends before then. It's not like, let's not keep you waiting any longer. We are going to be back next Tuesday with a new episode. Thank you for listening. This is Chris and Sam meets Lost Taylor. We'll see you next Tuesday. We love you. Bye. So we're now joined by Loz, vocalist from While She Sleeps. Dude, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show, man. This is so wicked. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me. Dude, I know that you are short on time, so we're going to get going straight away. Okay. I, I mentioned during the review that me and Sam did of Sleep Society that looking back at the brainwashed era, I was like astonished that the music industry didn't seem to be giving you the push that you absolutely deserved at that time due to the quality of the record. Was that Thank something you. that you felt or were angered by in the band? Or am I just making a perception there because I'm a fan and that's not actually translated to how the band felt at the time? Um, Honestly, during the brainwashed time, we were going through like a series happening for while she sleeps. We'd, uh, you know, we'd got picked up by a major label. So the roller coaster there was like pretty exciting. And I think naturally in that sort of world, people are blowing smoke up your ass and expecting huge things from you as a band. At the same time as that, like, I think that now we can all stand back and say we were alcoholic, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> right, we, were, okay. we were really trying to live it up and smashing it. And I think that just naturally takes its toll on you. And then so going into the recording of Brainwashed, you know, it was it was going to be a crucial record for us in terms of, you know, following up from This Is The Six being our debut. Um, and it's never like that's never an easy move, you know, like trying to, you know, people were saying 
Josh G sleeps to the next Lamb of God. Do you know what I mean? Lamb of God are one of my favourite bands ever. You know, it's quite, you know, it's a lot to stand up to. And, and I was going through a, a shitload of problems with my voice, coughing up blood. So that whole record, Brainwashed, I had a, I had a polyp in my throat. Um, and I was coughing up blood during the whole recording process of that particular record. So Shit. listening back to Brainwash now, you can almost hear that my voice is like a few steps deeper in the, in the actual sound, yeah. in the pitch of my voice. So there was just tons going on. I think during that time as well, like Sean really hit a low with like depression and anxiety. I remember there were, there were shows in like, America on the Vans Warped Tour where like he couldn't actually be seen like he would hide behind his amp still shredding but you of know <laughs> <laughs> he just he just didn't want to be out there so there was so much going on and and especially for like the other lads like I'm a few years older so for them at that time it was like a whirlwind of different shit going on and they were they were young lads you know what I mean they were young shredders from Sheffield <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's a difficult one to answer, really. I feel like the roller coaster of my voice problems and the uncertainty as to—I thought I was going to go into throat surgery and come out sounding like Joe Pasquale. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or like David David Beckham, and it was going to change everything for us. So we just really didn't know, and we were young and naive and just hammering it, and just there was so much going on. So yeah, it was definitely a weird time. To add, just to add insult to injury with that record as well, we thought it'd be great to sort of write as many songs as like Rancid do on a record. So I remember t saying to lads, yeah, but Rancid songs are like a couple of minutes long. Like all these metal <laughs> songs are nearly five minutes long and I've got a polyp in my throat. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it was just a huge learning curve for us. We're still hugely proud of that record because of that and everything we overcame with it. And just, you know, like talking about like brainwashed and society and, and like how fucked the world is and, and you know, sort of politics and stuff. So we're still very proud of the record and it was a huge learning curve for us. So, so yeah, it's cool. Um, I don't really know about, um, yeah, whether we weren't, weren't kind of pushed enough. I think there was just enough going on in our world at that time for us to be slightly oblivious to, to that side of things and just yeah. sort of cracking on with trying to play live shows at that point. Yeah, that's fair. Can't wait for Joe Pasquale in Sleep Society. I need that. I think that needs to happen. Um, no, just like a meme or something. Might be amazing. Him singing that part at the start of You Are We, just that high-pitched voice, just be absurd. Um, so Sleep Society out on April 16th. Um, yeah. What was it like writing, recording and producing an album during a pandemic? Did it help bring you guys closer? You talk about any personal issues you had dealing with stuff before. Was it actually easier in the pandemic where you could be closer together? Obviously, the new the studio you built, all that sort of stuff. Was it easier? Was it more difficult? What was that experience like? I think there was a bit of both in it for us. Usually when we're going into writing a record, we've kind of got a set couple of weeks and then we're flying, like we're like ditching out to Europe to play like festivals and stuff or, or we've got other things to sort of contend with. Obviously, the way that we've released this record is like no different to any other. We're very like punk rock DIY epic sort of band. And we, everything like more than ever now is done in house. We're like self-managing and you know, the, the, the machine that's working behind sleeps at the moment is just ch constantly churning, you know, we're like not stopping, especially up to release week. Um, and the album was kind of no different. We, we've never been home for this long before. So, you know, working, you know, Bozza Jono's guidelines haven't really helped anything in terms of like working in and out of those, you know, one minute we can all kind of go to the warehouse and work safely. The next minute it's back down into restrictions and it's just an ongoing process. We've got, a, I think we've got, as a, as a, it's a pandemic, you know, we've got to do it in waves to be able to understand how it's working in order to overcome. Uh, it, that did make sort of working around different things, recording, 
you know, difficult. Sometimes we could only have two people in the studio and that might be our producer and Sean, like putting down riffs and, you know, you want to be in the thick of it. You want to be feeling it. Um, but, you know, we, you got to do what you got to do. At times I were just at home, but I would like jump on the phone to Aaron, our bass player, and I'd, we just bounce ideas for lyrics off each other, you know? Um, so it was kind of, we worked around it and, and it was fine. Like I said, usually we might have to like do a couple of weeks and then ditch out to a festival or something. So it's kind of, although it was different working around the pandemic and COVID-19, it was still nice almost being in one spot and being able to kind of just focus on the record and everything that was going on, not touring as well. So yeah, ups and downs, but um, but definitely a positive experience still. I said that one of the many things I love about While She Sleeps is with the Sleep Society Patreon, you're being the change that you want to see in the world, right? Like you are you've you've said that you've you found issue with the current side of the music industry and you're actually doing something about that um, yeah. do you think that more bands instead of just writing about what they think is wrong with the world more bands should actually do something about it like you've done if you've got a problem do something if you're not the solution you're part of the problem right yeah definitely i think you know it's kind of insane really we've we've like we set out to build a fan base that was that was very, very united. And it's kind of crazy to feel like we have actually sort of achieved that. I feel like having a fan base that stands behind us, uh, that are so loyal, allows us to be able to stand on this platform that we've made for ourselves and take risks, um, which is a beautiful thing. A sense of community is what we... I remember sitting on the back of the school bus, getting slapped around and spat for like in Slipknot and having to fight my way out of people like chavs, like giving me shit for like, like wearing corn hoodies and shit. And all that did for me was make my like, my, my not affection, but you know, it didn't deter me away from being into what I'm into. You know, it just made that connection with people that were into that shit stronger. And I feel like in a way that's what we, we've created with the sleep society. It's like a community and a place where people can come and be and just, know that they're in there with like-minded people. Um, I've forgotten the question. Uh, basically, I was saying, do you think more bands, instead of doing yeah. what you, instead of writing it something they don't like and then never going doing actually anything to change it, do you think yes. more bands should actually do something to change the things that they dislike? Like you yeah, so I feel like that, so I was talking about that relationship. I feel like that relationship, pretty much from You Are We, has sort of stemmed the next couple of records to where we are now, where we feel like, we've gained the confidence to be able to, to, to stand out and say those things. Cause we know we've got the, the, the loyalty of our fan base behind us. And I think that's a relationship that you don't come across that easily. You know, I've heard of bands starting Patreons and it and just, it just not working very well. And it's not an easy thing to do. I think like we can't take full credit for that because our fan base, like they sit with what we're telling them, they digest it. Uh, and they always respond in such a positive way. Uh, I think it's, um, yeah, it's a credit to us that we have a, have a cool fan base. Mm. Matt Welsh has said multiple times he knows that he could have um, chill and have a beer with ninety five percent of our fan base. You know, uh, and I think we're all, we're we're just those lads. You know, we're just we're not trying to be here. You know, and everyone else is here. We want everyone to be here and just come to our shows and have a wicked time. That's it. Um, and it's, it's crazy that we've managed to achieve that, and we feel like we have a fan base of like minded people. But definitely, you know, we're one of those bands that we're not scared to kind of say it how we feel like it needs to be said and drop that smoke and mirrors and let our fan base know kind of what needs doing for us to, to succeed. And that relationship's amazing. So I think more bands should definitely try it out. I think what's important for us is, you know, it's, it's been a roller coaster for us at times, but also we're so lucky to be in the position that we are like turning, mm. like literally that dream is like being kids into still being able to rock out and play music 
as what we do for a living. And the, the scary like things like Brexit is we want to be able to turn around to our children's children and say, this is definitely a scene and, and, a, and, a, and a career that you want to get into. We don't want to have to turn around in a few years and say, look, just stay away from that because it's fucked. Um, and that's another important thing that I feel like trying to work around the current situation. You know, if, if the people at the top aren't going to try and work it out, then we've got to try and work it out, you know? Yeah. Speaking of speaking of that, I'm, I'm, I'm adding a follow-up question onto the to the Patreon, onto Sleep Society. What are yeah. the what are the plans for it moving forward? So we've talked a little bit about what it's supposed to be, this foundation and building the fan base. Lockdown's yeah. lifting, you're getting back out there, the new album's coming out. What does 2021 and 2022 look for look like for Patreon, Sleep Society, and While She Sleeps? I think that you know we're in a we're currently in a lockdown, so anyone that's in the Sleep Society is already you know people are giving us feedback and saying like they're really enjoying the content that's in there. I think that having been able to explore the world a bit more, and uh, we'll just you know we'll just be able to explore this concept even more. We we talked about doing things like you know before a show, guitarists being able to come down from like wherever you know we're playing bristol or whatever and like you can get three or four guitarists together and they can have a one-on-one -on -one lesson with sean long you know like just just crazy stuff like that where it's like we just want our fan base to know that they're appreciated in that way so anything that we can do to sort of balance that whole thing out is is really the end goal whether that be come and come and hang out and listen to a sound check or there's a lot of patreon uh, there's a lot of patreons in like glasgow so we're just gonna um we're just gonna put like a private show together where you and two mates can all come and it's a tiny tiny room you know like just exciting stuff like that um we're still very much learning from that and and learning from the patreon and the people in the in inside there so it's yeah it's definitely a, an ongoing process but um we feel like it's really positive where most bands can make decisions and then be confident that they've made an independent decision and hope that their fans vibe with that it's a little bit different for yourselves because with the sleep society patreon there's literally a financial investment from fans on a regular basis does that yeah. change the pressure on you to satisfy the fans in any way shape or form yeah definitely there's definitely you know we the main goal with it is we want to feel like the relationship is working backwards and forwards we you know as long as our fan base that are signing up feel like you know they're getting bang for their buck you know we just want to we just want to make sure we're fulfilling that it actually turned out when we started the sleep society that, that people were kind of coming back to us going you don't actually need to be putting as much as you are in there. <laughs> That's really you. We all got day jobs and shit. We just want to see. We just want to see you like find a bit more sustainability so that you can relax in certain areas. I feel like creating art is such a you know, it's such a fine line thing. You know, you can create art under pressure, and it will never be as good as as if the pressure wasn't there, and you can just sort of more freely create. And it just the sleep society just takes that edge off of that sustainability a little bit. It means that we're not having to like, you know, like you see some bands and it's just like constantly ramming merch down your throat. And, and I think that, you know, the majority of people in the sleep society aren't looking for that much in the return. They just, the band matters as much. And I think that is, that's what drives them to sign up. Um, and they all seem like really stoked with exactly what's going into that you know so i think like it's taken us a few months um but we're getting the balance right you know i think too much can be just as like overwhelming as not enough you know so yeah. it, we have to find that balance um so yeah i just we just keep making sure we're touching base with the society and just being like you know just just kind of let us know you know it's 
it's very much appreciated. I feel like, you know, more bands should move in that direction. You know, a lot of bands are people's favourite bands. And, and, and even if you're just starting out, there'll be people out there that want to see you succeed and support you. And if that's, if that's helping you buy a batch of flyers or, or like help, help chipping into a bit of online advertising or, or buy a few vinyls to sell at your shows, you know, people are always willing to help. And I feel like even down to base layer, layer not, not even established bands, like startup bands, it can be just as, uh, just as, uh, what's the word? Just Lucrative as important. Or, yeah. Yeah. Just impactful. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's, let's talk about the new album coming out. Cause we, we reviewed it. We, yeah. we were just head, head over heels, man. So take <laughs> us behind the curtain uh, on the differences because if you don't want to be saying so, that it sounds different to Sleep Society. That it's um, there's the songwriting feels a little bit different. It feels a bit more guitar centered than Sleep Society was. Obviously, there's the features as well. So, can you talk about the songwriting styles? Has anything changed? Was there, was there a conscious decision making process going into this particular album? Am I making this up as I'm going along? Talk us about talk to us about um, Sleep Society as an album and the differences between the last recordings and and this one yeah I, I think that you know every time we step into a new record we don't put too much pressure on ourselves and try and anticipate what's going to happen we try and let it happen as organically as possible yeah um we don't really try and preempt what's going to happen too much in terms of a record um yeah we just we just want to try and keep it a fresh slate every time we go into the studio um i will say that like our personal usually our personal experiences through stuff like experiencing in the media or like in the world in general politically and things that we've actually been through as people like relationships that we've had not not in like a like a loving romantic way but just like management and labels and all that kind of thing they've always influenced things in the past in terms of like you know kind of speaking quite heavily about like corruption and you know like the way that our planet's run by the you know the people in charge um and quite like anti-establishment at times but I think with this record, you know, we've all been going through a lot of internal battles over the last few years. Like I mentioned before, like there's been a there's been a bit of alcohol alcoholism in there for me that I've had to uh, that I've had to really sort of have a word with myself about and like kind of just address and be like, what are you, what do you need it for? You know, what are you what are you covering up or what are you trying to deal with that you know that means that you have to take alcohol to this point. Um, and like and like different members of the band through different times. So I feel like with this record, we're speaking from from a more inward place, more than like an, a place where we've observed observed things and like we're giving it out and kind of like trying to point the blame or say that like we're all to blame. You know what I mean? I think like this time there's more. It's coming from the inside and it's things that we've experienced that hopefully in a lyrical content can help other people that might be going through the same sort of things. Um, not always on that level of like, I know with Nervous, we talk about mental health, which which I think is crucially important, but other things going through that as well. Like, I feel like even with like, you are all you need, like there's things in there that you can sort of think, you know, I sometimes get up in the morning, look at Instagram as the first thing I do. And I might go to bed and look at Instagram before I go to bed. Like, But what sort of, you know, what sort of gauge on life are you giving yourself if those are the sorts, if that's kind of the way you're living, like you, the expectation there is not like one that's necessarily easy for you to reach. So how do you go through life expecting the right things, you know, and it's about appreciating who you are for the individual that you are, you know, and just different connotations like that running through the record that have come from a more, a place of trying to find balance and restore balance in our own lives and not get too wrapped up in the industry and, and the journey that it has been so far. So I think that's something that's really apparent. And it's really strange 
these sort of things were coming through in the demos, uh, and they were all they were already standing out um, in that way. But um, yeah, really kind of crazy to see that like being locked down in a pandemic and people being more isolated than ever before. Songs like Nervous, like even standing out even more now and making even more sense during to the the, the situation mm. that we're in. So that's always really interesting for us. We've got this thing where like we seem to say stuff in our albums and then like a year or two down the line it makes even more sense yeah. than it did when we when we when we wrote it so yeah like yeah that that's some of the things that it's kind of hard to sum up you know but i think that we're we're on a journey just as much as anyone is and i think if our fan base can look at our lyrics um and take some some meaning for themselves in a positive way i think you know, like we're a metal band we want to play heavy tracks and, and anthemic tracks but um I think that our message overall is always one of positivity and unity. And I think that's what we, we want people to take from it, like to feel like united in, in this uh, dog shit that we're in sometimes. You mentioned unity there and that branches brilliantly off onto uh, my final question before we uh, go to a quick fire round with you. Um, okay. <laughs> you're, you're the only real band member change, aren't you? Like you, you were the only, you when you came in, there hasn't been a band member change since then, has there? Um, which, which tells me in a decade that there's obviously a real sense of unity in the band. And to be fair, you can see that in, you could have seen that even on This Is The Six Era, that it was obvious there was a really tight-knit group. Um, yeah. But, now you've made this new revenue stream for yourself. You headlined and sold out Brixton. You have made what is arguably, and me and Sam can argue this between ourselves, arguably your best record yet. Um, okay. What is... <laughs> I mean, that's that's getting argued in our camp as well. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, it, is it the best thing we've done yet? Um, yeah. I am torn between you, are we, and Sleep Society. Yeah, we've been arguing about this for about three weeks. It's hard, man. <laughs> I'm very torn. Um, yeah, but but awesome. because of that... Um, the atmosphere in camp while she sleeps now, is it better or comparable to atmosphere in while she sleeps and previous records? Or have you, are you always a band that always feels 10 out of 10 and there's always like a real unity there? Or is it better now than it has been before because of what we've mentioned before, Sleep Society, Brixton, great new record? Yeah, I mean, it's really difficult, man. Like there's always so much going on in, 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 you know, when you're in a band, like what people see on the outside is not what's going on on the inside. And we might seem like, you know, everything, everything's great, but there's a lot of, lot of hard work and emotions that are flowing behind the scenes. You know, it's, it's, it's not as people expect it to. I've, I've told people like so many times in the past that like this industry is fucking hard, you know, it's really hard to deal with. And like, it's only, it only feels like it's getting harder and harder. Um, so there's always like, a, we're like a family man. There's always so many emotions going on, but I do really feel like we are growing with every record and it, we're just like a family in that sense of like, your family knows exactly how to piss you off. You know, your brothers and sisters know exactly how to piss you off, but they also, they also know how to care for you and tell, and, and, you know, nurture what you have. So it's always a roller coaster. I, I personally feel like we're in the best position we ever have been. Um, we've been through difficult times and we've not split you know what I mean we haven't you know so many bands go through so many changes of, of members and I feel like when I joined While She Sleeps it that kind of solidified that we, we had five dudes there and all they wanted was to be in a band and to tour with as this unit for as long as possible and it's kind of crazy like you say like how many albums in are we now and it's still the same the same lineup and there's, def there's definitely been times when it's been like a bit touch and go you know like mm. What, what's going to happen next? Like, 
am I going to sound like David Beckham? Will there even be another record? But, <laughs> but I think we always, you know, we always come out of it. And, and I think that it's down to a lot of the connotations and a lot of the things we're singing about in our songs. That's what reiterates to us. That's what is reiterated to us in our relationships as people. So the message that we're giving out in terms of like, there's this one that we speak of of unity. I feel like, if ever there's been a time where it feels like that, it always comes back to that thing of like, well, we're not going to fucking give up, lads. Like, this is mm. this is this is who it is, uh, th- and this is what's going down. So, yeah, we're str- we're, we're definitely a family, and um, and I think people kind of see that, you know. It's like you say, it's kind of crazy that a group of dudes can be the same lineup for all this time. Um, yeah, and 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 it and it does get really difficult, but um, yeah, we're 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 boys, and uh, we love each other a lot, and I think uh, I think you'll be seeing a few more records, yeah. Oh, mate, please, please, <laughs> um, mate. We're going to finish off on the quick fire round, which is uh, twenty questions. I'm going to fire at you, and we're going to see how quickly you can answer them. No pressure, mate. But top of the top of the leaderboard is Lucas Woodland from Holding Absence. He did it in one minute and forty five, which is and he's got a better impressive. voice than me. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> mate, when you're ready, I'm going to start this. I'm going to start a timer, and you've got twenty questions to see how quickly you can do this. Uh, and, what, and I've got to get the right answer. Oh, no, I'm oh, going to ask no, you what no, questions no, no, you no, prefer, no. one or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, when you're ready, we'll go. Yep. Let's go. Uh, Batman or Superman? <sighs> Batman. Tea or coffee? <sighs> Tea. <laughs> Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Summer or winter? Summer. Hardest watch your sleep song to write? To write? Yeah. <sighs> This one gets everyone. Yeah, don't know. Our legacy, <laughs> our legacy is actually the hardest one to play. We'll uh, take that one. Um, favorite time of the day? Uh, night time. Jeans or shorts? Jeans. Your favorite Walsh Sleep song? Uh, at the moment, you are all you need. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Neither. They suck. <laughs> favorite gig you've ever been to? Oh, uh, Russian circles in somewhere in Europe with a like massive it. with a massive glass of red wine. Uh, favorite <laughs> gig you've ever played? Um, Brixton. I thought that was yeah, that was so. Uh, ketchup or mayo? Ketchup. You can only save one: Tom Cruise or Robert De Niro. De Niro. Uh, your favorite TV show? Uh, Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> uh, can't even think about anything I'm watching. Favourite TV show? EastEnders. I love it. Uh, so that answers the next one. So proper is good or bad? Uh, yeah, bad. <laughs> um, uh, get rid of one forever. All, for, all films are all sports. All sports. I feel like they cause much more violence. Uh, the best band member to be around in the studio? Aaron McKenzie uh, Your favourite album of all time? Oh, fuck uh, Rage <laughs> Against Machine I love it um, you, Are you an early nighter? Or, sorry, are you an all-nighter or early riser? All-nighter uh, The best piece of advice you could ever give to someone? Um, no one's your friend in business 
I love it. Dude, you're definitely not last. You'll be pleased to know. But <laughs> um, you know, what? some of that goes down to how quickly you answer the questions, though. So you've got to take some of that. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, and I've got a really strong accent as well. So that's difficult <laughs> for you like as well. That. I'm just kidding, man. So good. Dude, um, thank you so much for your time. This has been so wicked. Um, really, all, really someone we've always wanted to speak to. So absolutely. Cannot thank you enough, man. This is really awesome. Uh, congratulations on Sleep Society, the Patreon, and the record. Both amazing. Uh, thank you for your thank time, you so thank, thank you so much, man. Um, much appreciate it. Uh, the interview was great, lads. I appreciate your time. So oh, that's it. wicked, man. Thank, thank you, you, lads. So much, man. See ya.